This is Spencer speaking on behalf of the Face Punch News Network, which is a network that doesn't exist because we like to pretend we're important. I'm here at the TCAF uh, interviewing Corey Bing, who's the creator of Skin Deep, right? It's like I knew it was started with skin something, uh, which is really ironic because it's one of my top 10 favorite webcomics of all time, uh, all, all uh, genres included. Uh, <laughs> So, Corey, how do you come up with the overall, you know, concept idea for Skin Deep? Like, was it something that you woke up one morning in your bed and you were like, oh, I got this idea? Or is this something you've been working on for the last couple of years? Um, actually, it's been, I've been drawing the comic for 10 years, but I've had the idea for about five years before that when I was in uh, high school. I had a bunch of, I was really into mythology, and I had a bunch of characters that were mythical creatures, and I decided at some point that I wanted to do more than just draw the same characters over and over again with no story. So I kind of started working on a story where all these characters could live with, and I was really into uh, the cartoon Gargoyles at the time, and that did a really good job of mixing mythology with like the modern times and it inspired me a lot to try my own hand at uh, using mythology and uh, as a storytelling element and creatures and kind of teaching the audience about like introducing the audience to maybe some creatures and mythology they hadn't heard of before and it just it kind of grew out from that. Uh, how do you come up with the characters? I know the the protagonist is really her um, kind of, she's a mythological, it ends up being a, that she's a mythological creature, which mm -hmm. is kind of a spoiler, but it's not, cool. it's, uh, it's something, yeah, it's a f spoiler for the first page. Uh, how do you come up with her character, mm -hmm. and what did you say on that character, and how do you come up with also the other characters, like, what, how do you decide who's going to be this mythological creature, or who's not just going to be like a normal human? It depends on how old the character is. When some of the older characters, like the main ones from the uh, the early comics, were characters I had around for a long time, and they just kind of grew uh, uh, organically from me drawing, doodling around when I was a kid, and then kind of turned into characters that I uh, that I became attached to. And other ones, more recent ones, I've made for, like for specific purposes in the comic. And so sometimes it depends on like if I need like what the story needs. Sometimes the story needs a specific sort of character. And a lot if I'm picking out a new mythical creature, I try to look at things. That I haven't done yet before, or what uh, audience has been like asking for or curious about, and I just like, use it as an opportunity to kind of show more of the world that I hadn't, uh, I hadn't really had an opportunity to show before. With Michelle, uh, I she's a sphinx, and I had at the time I hadn't really see, seen anyone use sphinxes in comics before, and I thought it was a really cool design and. Uh, like Grecian sphinxes, which are a little less well known than Egyptian sphinxes, and I just kind of wanted to uh, introduce people to like that part of mythology and show off just kind of just fun, weird parts of mythology that not a lot of people were familiar with. I know that some creators use urban fantasy to sort of draw in people that wouldn't usually be interested in fantasy stories. Um, sort of me included, I'm someone that's a little bit more into sci-fi and to things a little bit more, um, how I say, tangible or in, to our imagination. But I find that you strike a really good balance between mythology and sort of more mundane subject matters. When you create the story, do you actively think about the balance between sort of fantasy uh, stuff stuff and more mundane stuff? Uh, how do you make it so that you so, sort of don't completely alienate your audience with like coming up with, uh, you know, researching all those mythological stories and all that, but you make sure that 
how do you make sure that your audience can sort of absorb those new elements? I try to, like with the characters, they're first and foremost, they're characters and like not just, this is the Griffin character. This is the, here's a mermaid. I want to make sure that they have more than just like one uh, like character trait to all of them. And so I try to like, I try to make them really relatable characters outside of also being monsters of some sort. And uh, using, keeping the world being like the modern world, it helps kind of uh, kind of ground the characters in a more real life. And it helps me a lot because I don't have to like create an entire world and all the names of everything. And I could just kind of kind of take, if I look around, like usually I'll just be kind of paying attention to when I'm traveling or whatever, I'll look around at architecture and the history of a place and kind of see what kind, if there's like rooms in the corners for me to stick my characters in and kind of think about what would happen if like it was everything is the way it was now, but also there is this extra element added into it, and it's just kind of a fun thought experiment to to work with, and so it's kind of translated well into story elements that other people seem to like as well. What would you say is the hardest part of making a webcomic, and what advice would you give to someone who's just like starting out uh, and wants to make one? Uh, webcomics, they take a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time, and when you're first starting out, like if you if you if you start out thinking that you're going to make a lot of money and have a lot of readers like that, that's your main goal for a webcomic that's not it's gonna it's not gonna happen it takes a long time to build an audience it takes a long time to tell a story and the pages take a long time to work with so basically you have to you have to you have to be your number one fan and you have to be telling the story because you want to tell the story and not because you think that other people are going to buy it and give you money for it and like if you have that that sort of sincerity and sort of a uh enthusiasm for your own work that really bleeds out and other re other people can see that and they get attracted to that and over time if you have a good thing that you're working on then you're going to find an audience eventually uh, but you just have to keep with it and it takes a long time I, I was working on it for about six years before I was able to uh, support myself on it and so just keep at it don't give up it takes a lot of work but it's fun it's really rewarding bonus question the creator of a forum Gary Newman mm -hmm. Uh, is a programmer that lives in uh, in, in England. Mm -hmm. uh, if he was to be unknowingly a uh, mythological creature, statistically speaking, who would it he more likely to be? In England, there are a lot of griffins and a lot of satyrs in England, but there's also a lot of. Uh, there's like I'm trying to think of all the things that are in. I would go with either. If, statistically, it'd probably be a griffin or a satyr. There's a lot of other creatures in in in, uh, in England, but those are the the biggest populations that I've put in the comic or those two. Thank you very much, Corey Bing. This was Spencer at TCAF reporting for Face Punch News Station, which is a station that doesn't exist. Uh, wait for some more interviews coming up.